Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning, we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're looking to continue our study in Psalm 119. We're going to read the next four sections, which is verses 105 through 136. We're also going to be looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now, if you're just joining us or you missed the first few episodes of Psalm 119, I highly recommend you go back and start from the beginning. Psalm 119 is the psalmist's passion and commitment to God's commandments, God's ways, God's statutes. Unlike the average believer of today, the psalmist believes that obedience to God is his great privilege and his great love. Rather than thinking of it as as a burden. I'm astonished by believers today. They're constant looking for an excuse to sin. Or claiming for themselves the freedom to sin. They're free from the bondage of God's laws and commandments and ways. completely ignoring the what the scriptures actually teach what the apostles actually teach about holiness righteousness and the apostle john talks about obedience to god's commandments is is how we demonstrate our love to god and it's not a burden he specifically makes that point open up your hearts this morning first verse we're going to read 105 It's a verse you've heard many times before. Let's begin. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Except I beseech thee, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, Yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever. For they are the rejoicings of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. I hate vain thoughts. But thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Depart from me, ye evildoers. 
for I will keep the commandments of God. Uphold me according to thy word that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. Thou hast trodden down all of them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is a falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore I love thy testimony. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to my oppressors. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. My eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. I hate every false way. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou upon me, and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so I will keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant, and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of water run down my eyes, because they keep not thy law. So there's the next four sections labeled Nun, Samik, Ayin, and Pei. Just a couple things jumping out to me. First of all, verse 115. Sounds like something Jesus said, doesn't it? Depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Some translations in like the King James, for example, in the book of Matthew or Jesus quotes this, he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, but many translations say you evildoers. He's saying not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. Some translations will say you law workers of lawlessness. What's he talking about there? Pretty clear. 
verse 126, he says, the psalmist says, It's time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. You can tell that he's vexed by the way those around him, the society that he lives in, how they ignore and reject the ways of God. And in that last verse that we read today, verse 136, he says, Rivers of water run down my eyes because they keep not thy law. He's distraught for his brethren. As we should be also. I mean, I look around. Obviously, I'm vexed day to day like Lot was vexed in the city of Sodom by just looking at the sin and the filth but it's not just that. It's also a vexation because you're washing the decay of your people. And you're watching them err and move so far away from truth. And it's hard to even reason with those who call themselves Christian. I mean, they're all about Christian as long as you're talking about love and acceptance. Which, by the way, I'm trying to find that verse in the Bible. I'm trying to find where it says to be a Christian means to love, tolerate, and be accepting towards wickedness. But apparently that's the new Christian creed, at least here in the United States. you start talking about righteousness, holiness, obedience, and watch them glaze over. How dare I attack their freedom? As for me, while I'm far from being perfect, my longing is God's ways. My longing is God's word. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let's move on to Ecclesiastes. Where again, we're just reminded over and over and over that the things of this world will not satisfy. It's all vanity. You think it's what you want, and then you get it, and you realize it's, it's nothing. Let's have a look. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, 
a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to sleep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good things of his labor, it is a gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken away from it, and God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which has been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. And I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every purpose and every work. I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God might manifest them, and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beast, even one thing befalleth them. As the one dieth, so dieth the other, yea, they have all one breath, so that a man has no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go into one place, all are dust, and all are turned to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that go upward, and the spirit of the beast that go down to the earth? Wherefore I perceive there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own work, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? That is Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And just real quick to finish off this thought of Solomon here. Let me read this commentary from Matthew Henry about this little part where Solomon's talking about how there's not much difference between a beast and a man. Like, we're both dust. The difference being, though, the spirit of a man goes up to deal with the judgments of God. Let's have a look 
at this commentary real quick here, and then we'll be wrapping it up. Here's what he says. Solomon seems to express his wish that men might perceive that by choosing this world as their portion, they brought themselves to a level with the beast without being free as they are from present vexations and future account. Both returned to the dust which they were taken. What little reason have we to be proud of our bodies, our bodily accomplishments? But as none can fully comprehend, so few consider properly the difference between the rational soul of man and the spirit or the life of a beast. The spirit of a man goes upwards to be judged and then fixed in an unchangeable state of happiness or misery. That's, a, that's such an important point that he's pointing out. People don't. People live their lives and they never consider the fact that they're going to return to the dirt from whence they came. And when they do, their soul's going to go up, their spirit's going to go up, and there's going to be a consequence. And it's either going to be eternity, eternity and misery, or eternity and happiness. But either way, it's forever and it's unchangeable. The spirit of man goes upwards to be judged and then is fixed in his unchangeable state of happiness or misery. It is as certain that the spirit of a beast goes downward to the earth. It perishes at death. Surely their case is lamentable to the height of whose hope and wishes is that they may die like the beast. Let our inquiry be how an eternity of existence may to us an eternity of enjoyment to answer this, the grand design of Revelation, Jesus is revealed as the Son of God and the hope of sinners. My friends, that is our study for this morning. I sure pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed this morning and strengthened this morning. I hope that these words are piercing hearts and giving you a hunger to actually walk and live for the ways of God. This is not me teaching you that you are to be under the law. But God has some standards and some ways and some expectations for those that are His. Just like any loving father has standards and expectations for his children. For their own good. For their own good. Isn't that what we just read out of Deuteronomy chapter 8? Let me just read this to, to end. I'm sorry, it wasn't chapter 8, it was chapter 10. I'll just read this to end. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Thanks for listening. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.